When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm back with our full crew of Tim O'Malley and Tim Priester. We've run our 40-yard dashes, we've done our broad jumps, um, and uh, we're going to talk a little basketball, too, as we're just hours away from March. Uh, Notre Dame's coming off of, frankly, its worst performance of the year, probably by a wide margin, yeah. uh, at Florida State over the weekend. Scuttling a little bit on this three-game road trip, but they sort of come out of it no worse for wear in terms of their ACC tournament standings, but probably worse for wear in terms of where the season might go in the next month. And Mike Bray commented pretty bluntly about it after the game that if their offense doesn't get better, it's going to be a really quick march. I'm, I'm really surprised with the way, and I realize it was a three-game road trip to Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and Florida State, but really surprised with the way they played. And he's abs- Mike Bray's absolutely right. I mean, the offensive efficiency has gone down the drain here. And that was on the heels of probably their three best games of the year, certainly consecutively in North Carolina at Clemson and and Louisville. They just played like a team that was worn out and they really shouldn't have been because their schedule stretched out a little bit. They, instead of coming home from Wake Forest and then flying back to Tallahassee for the weekend, they stayed out on the road and went to Tallahassee. But that, you know, under the circumstances, and I know they were, they were prepping for, um, for midterms, right? That or in the yes. midst, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that would unless they're doing it during timeouts, I don't think that would be. Uh, I can remember during the Lou Holtz years how that would uh, that would impact the, the football team during the season. But that, I mean, they just played really, really poorly. Their defense is is rarely very very good, and it it wasn't again. But then you expect that offensive efficiency to be there, and it wasn't even close on Saturday. Yeah, they've they've had some struggles on the road to go four. And, I'm surprised they finished four and five. If you look at the five losses, they as you said, they didn't necessarily play well against Georgia Tech, but they lost on the last second shot. The other four, they got bundled. They just got handled by Virginia, by Syracuse, clearly by Florida State. Uh, what's the remaining road loss? Um, Miami, Miami. They got yeah. they were out of that Miami game from the outset. Uh, yeah, that's was... that's not a good road performance for a team that I, we can't keep comparing to last year. But they went seven and two on the road last year. You know that's well. And you figured after Clemson, ugly. Clemson, Clemson was a, was that's a gutty effort. That's the outlier, I think. Right, and you point. figured after that when they came to this three game road road trip. I mean, I guess I was thinking two out of three. You're going to stumble. They they have matchup issues with Georgia Tech. They play them frequently. We were talking about this. I mean, they whatever Georgia Tech plays them tough, and they they hit a game winner with a second to go, or lose to Florida State in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's okay to lose it's within okay. ten minutes. Right. And, yeah, I mean, they beat Virginia at home, Florida State, but they destroyed Notre Dame. Yeah, so yeah, the offensive efficiency is bizarre. You had Colson and Vestori with ACC scoring lows, uh, and Vestori with four assists and four turnovers. The fourth time he's had a flat. Assisted turnover ratio this year. Notre Dame's one and three in those games. The only win was Youngstown State. So they played soft. They, just, they played good December slash November research. Yeah, yeah I mean they can't State. unless they they got a lot of parts that need to get better. It's not 
And I think, I don't know if that's something that Mike Bray looks at and is a source of, like, really major concern or, like, oh, I know how to fix this. Because it, it's not just one thing. It's not just getting one guy going. I don't know. I don't know how he could look at it and say we can fix this because I think it's an effort issue. Yeah. Vastoria played soft. What Would you somebody explain to me why is Bonzi Colson fading on everything? He has a wingspan of a 7-1 guy, and he's a 235-pounder. Why is he fading away from every shot around the bucket now? You mentioned two guys that don't normally play soft, though. That's a strange thing. You know, yeah. if you just told me that Beecham and August that's were weird. soft at, at Florida State, I would have thought, yeah, well... But why? Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad it's situation. Good. It's not we... good if you're going to say Jackson, Vastoria, or no. Wilson. So Notre Dame, nineteen and nine, ten and six in the league. They finish up my with Miami at home here Wednesday and North Carolina State on Saturday. They win those two. They get the double bye in the ACC tournament. Uh, Miami would be one of their best wins of the year. Yes, uh, I mean up there with North Carolina and Louisville and, and Iowa and at Duke. Yeah. Um, oh, they have a great resume. We have not, Notre Dame has not lost bounce back games in like I think seventy games. I think. Yes. I mean, so three three yeah. and a half years since the end of the 2013-14 yeah. season. Yeah, they they've responded the to thirteen yeah. losses. Yeah. They yeah. won thir- after thirteen. And North losses. Carolina is one of those. It's not like you, they were drawing easy wins. North Carolina oh no, was a no, no back doubt. win. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Six of those thirteen were at true road venues. Yeah. Miami yeah. is twenty three and five and twelve and four overall. Yeah, they're, they're good. Really, yeah. really. They've been good. good all year, Tim. Right? Yeah. Oh been yeah, they're good. We thought they'd be this last year when we watched them destroy Duke last year. Then something happened. But yeah, Angel Rodriguez starts shooting one for ten. Right. That was strange. But you know, everybody has some problems in this league they're not it's not a it's a consistent there's a lot of good teams there's not a great team uh, maybe Virginia but I don't think they're great I wouldn't say they're great Notre Dame has Notre Dame is probably going to finish in the top four as you said they'll be five if they don't because look Notre Dame has two home games they'll be whatever a pick them favorite over Miami and they'll be a favorite over NC State everybody else UNC has to go to Duke they also host Syracuse. They'll probably beat them, but they, that's that's not easy, yeah, right? That's not Miami easy. has two road games at Notre Dame and at Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech is going to be a pain. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh's behind Notre Dame. They have two road games. Duke has North Carolina. Virginia has at Clemson, which is a good team, and Louisville. I mean, no one's. Not many teams are going yeah, two and zero. Oh. We thought Notre Dame had the easy schedule down the stretch, I, right? And I they think, lost three in a row on the road. I think Notre Dame has the best chance of going two and zero oh out of all those. Teams. No, you're you're probably right. They're at home. You're you're yeah. probably right. But where Notre Dame's really been hurt here is in the NCAA tournament seating because they were up as high as they were being projected as a as a four seed, which yeah, is probably over their head a little yeah. bit. It's not happening now when you lose to, to Georgia yeah, Tech and just, Florida State. This, this morning, ESPN has them as a six. USA Today has them as a six. And CBS has them as an eight. Yeah. And those so, are tough seeds. If yeah, they win man. these two, they'll be will win one ACC tournament game, likely. You know, you think you win your first mm-hmm. quarter, and then you lose, probably. Look, the I, other I thing, like yeah, the other thing where they lost out, where, and I don't know if it really matters, but I mean the two closest venues in the NCAA were St. Louis and Des Moines. They're probably going to get to ship to, is it Seattle or Spokane? Spokane, I believe, yeah. or Denver or something so like that. They but get yeah, I mean, out. Yeah. I'll Overall, go. You look at Notre Dame, big picture. This felt it felt like a six seed at the beginning of the year. Take it. I agree. Take yeah, it. that's true. I agree. So, I, a, a fourth place finish in yeah. the conference, you definitely take, take that. Well, moving on to the NFL Combine, which is still going on. Uh, <laughs> it's quite an event. Actually. Amazing. It's longer than no the matter draft. when you listen to this podcast this yeah. week, it will still be going on. Um, I don't know if there was anything that came out of that. They were like, oh, really? I, that was a, a revelation for me. Other than, look, Jalen Smith is in a lot of medical trouble, and there's been a lot of poor reporting on his recovery. Um, Will Fuller's really fast and has small hands. That was not new. Um, Ronnie Stanley has some questions about motivation and passion for football. And Notre Dame had a lot of good players down there. 
is is it news that a guy that tears his ACL and LCL on January first fails a medical in February? I you know the reason it's news to me is only because how poorly it was reported. <laughs> yeah, so it's not real news; it's manufactured. Yeah, news. the fact that it, the, the the reason people are, I think are freaking out is because somebody like Matt Miller from the Bleacher Report comes out and says, "Oh, Jalen Smith's going to be ready for the season." <laughs> that was the worst post in the history of our message board, by the way. Matt Miller says Jalen Smith's going to be ready. Oh, good. Well, Corey Robinson's yeah. awaiting his first round draft and then, pick this year too. So. <laughs> yeah, and then so. He fails the medical, and Matt Miller's like, well, this wasn't what we were told at the Senior Bowl. Like, well, Jalen Smith wasn't at the Senior Bowl, and he had just had his surgery. Wait. So there's no way you could have had reliable information he's not at that reporting. point. He's not reporting anything. You know, yeah, so it's just news flash for the sporting world. Matt Miller's opinion is invalid. Yeah. It, it, it simply is. It just is. It's, well, he's over 3. I know that. But Notre Dame-related news. Yeah. So, so that, that, I think... It kind of made the story more, um, not sensational, yeah, right. but like a little more buzzworthy because there was some, oh, Jalen Smith's going to be ready for the season. Now, um, it's more Jalen Smith is definitely going to be out. I, there's some interesting um, reporting on this. and the, Unfortunately, the, the former NFL team physician, he's with the National Football Post, with Greg Gabriel, I think, is associated with. Um, the name's not popping yeah. in my head. He, I believe he was with the Chargers, um, but he he wrote some interesting stuff on sort of the nerve recovery. Oh yeah, and how yeah. you know I tweeted yeah. out it's it's and he described it. You know, this is the nerve coming back is much more of like a sunrise. It's slow, and Jalen Smith might never get to high noon again. Um, that doesn't mean he can't play in the NFL and be really good, but you just don't know, right. and nobody knows outside of the team physicians that have worked on him, and even they are sort of guesstimating about where his recovery is going to go. So yeah, I, mean, it's, I, I just... It's, it's troubling. I, to, to say in to say six or seven weeks removed from, from the injury that yeah. he's going to be ready for, for the football season, you're not taking into account... I mean, and, let's say he's making good progress after six weeks. You're not taking into account any possibility for, for a setback or anything along the way. I mean, that's crazy. You can say... He's he's progressing as well as could be expected after six weeks, but to be able to, to project and say he's going to be ready to play in August, August to September is childish. It's silly. I think in the end he loses some money because he drops and he goes to a better team and he's a good player in well, 2017. For, right? For it's, people, yeah. I mean, it, for people who don't know about his insurance policy, it's a five million dollar policy. He gets seven hundred thousand dollars, as according to Darren Ravel. It gets seven hundred thousand dollars if he drops out of the first round. And an additional one hundred thousand for each pick he dropped after that five million. So he, if he drops down to the twelfth pick in the third round, which is Oakland, that would be the maximum value it's of the like policy. One point nine million. Five million dollars total. Oh, 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 okay. So seven hundred thousand plus one hundred thousand oh. per pick. So that's into the third round. Oh, third round where, where okay, he would I gotcha. max out. I got gotcha. you. Um, he so, won't drop that far either no. because you take a chance on that. Will Fuller uh, and CJ Pro says I thought both had much more interesting and positive. Combines, then you know, process to me was maybe a little bit faster than I would have yeah. expected. Um, at, full, two, at, at, a, at a solid 220. Full, fuller, the surprise to me, you know, the fact that he ran the four threes was not surprising at all. The fact that only he, one other person did yeah. at the receiver yeah. position was a bit shocking, yeah. And he caught virtually yeah. everything, which was, I mean, that's probably the most important thing. Nobody's shocked at the at the four three two or four three three. Uh, man, eight and a quarter hands. That is just that's unbelievably the small. Smallest of all the receivers yeah, there. Yeah, that, that, that's unbelievably small. Yeah, I mean, Procy certainly helped himself. Um, you know, 35 and a half vert- vertical. I think that certainly helps him. I, I, 
Nick Martin, I think, ran a you know a solid five two two. You know the the thirty two and a half inch arms. That's not as big of a factor as an interior Saturday, offensive yeah. lineman yeah. as it is a tackle. Ronnie Stanley, you know, med thirty five and five ace arms. That's great. Yeah. But man, oh man, if you saw Laramie Tunsil, I, I mean, I think there's a significant difference between those two players. You know, I think the best news for Fuller. I didn't know if he would run as well as in the track situation as he does when the ball's in the air. And the mm. latter's more important, but it's great that he did because it helps. Yeah. It, it in no way hurts him that way. Yeah. You know? He's really one of those rare guys that has, like, he's got the, the football pad speed, yeah. but then he's also got this, this track combine he's, speed, he's too. He's faster like, pads than he has. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really relative to everybody else. Uh, yeah, of course. He gets faster yes. on That's the field. That's a good point. Yeah. And he's still the fastest guy on the track. That's... And when it comes to running a 40 at a combine, he's just got a very uncomplicated running motion. He didn't even look as fast to me as he does in the field. Does that make sense? Yeah, because because it was an effortless effort at a 40-yard I guess he just wasn't distancing himself from anybody the entire time. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know if he had just like, okay, Dory Jackson's right behind me. Go. (laughs) And then he throw up a 4-3. Now, Romeo is helping himself. Uh, Again, the measurables are good. I don't think that there's anything that stands out. I just think that ultimately... He's not a natural football player, and, and and he's come a long way in bridging the gap. I mean, remember Brian Kelly talking about how the game didn't come naturally to him, and and he is only twenty. So I mean, there's kind of there 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 are good numbers in his favor, and I think you know the success that he had on the second half of the season as a senior in 2015. You have to take it with a grain of salt a little bit because there were some there were bad pass pro teams that they were facing, and he took advantage of it. We should address Chris Brown. We don't know anything for a fact, but I mean, it, it could go from a tweak. Which why would you report that he didn't run? He didn't run. He didn't, he didn't test. Yeah, he didn't test. But um, you know, Eric Hansen of the South Bend Tribune had this was prior to this. Apparently, Chris Brown weighed one ninety two at the start of the year. He weighed one eighty at the East West Shrine game in mid January, and weighed one ninety four at the combine. Fourteen pounds in a month. Yeah. So yeah. if he didn't tweak something, maybe he was just growing into the new frame and he wanted to run. Or maybe he did tweak something because he was because fourteen of, pounds. Exactly. There's all there's plenty of things, but I'm sure the fourteen pound gain in a month had something to yeah. do with it. He attributed it to strength, of course. But and then we're awaiting um, Shoemate and Russell today. Did we talk about uh, Russell Sheldon? Doing, uh, I mean, I think did it. The twenty one the twenty one bench presses is is disappointing. Uh, he measured. You know, he measured six and five eighths at the All Star game, and I think he measured an even six one here. So yeah, obviously that's not an exact, not an exact science. There's just so much good competition. Matt Ioannidis, my boy from Temple, right, is, is at the combine <laughs> and, and showing himself. Well, he's a, I mean, there's a guy that's he's got great length, he's got great quickness. Not the same position as Day, although he probably with his length could probably play three techniques. So, hey, there's just a lot of competition yeah. at that area, interior defensive line that. You know, Sheldon Day is going to have to overcome draft day. Yeah, no question. I guess the other things to wrap up in uh, segment one, there has been some recruiting developments. Uh, Robert Beal decommitted. He's the four-star defensive end from Georgia. That happened last week. Um, and then also Demetrius Robinson took an official visit over to Alabama over the weekend. Um, not a whole lot of movement on that 
recruitment, though. Uh, that's probably going to drag into March, what? April. I'm impressed that he completely May. disregarded National Signing Day and any time anywhere near it. <laughs> just I, like, it's, I'm just going to wait. It's kind of one of those things where I just don't, I don't understand why more players don't right. do that. If you're great, like, yeah. if you're good, so good that everyone's like, yeah, I'll make a spot for you. Please don't suggest that, Pete. I just, <laughs> I'm just surprised. <laughs> I think that that's true, though. Don't. I am surprised. Like, I, it's well, not a real day. In time, it, <laughs> yeah, I, it. it's going to happen, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. inevitable it's going to happen. Yeah, no question. All right, well, that's it for segment one on Irish Illustrated Insider. We've got a handful of questions, some combine-related, some pro-day-related, uh, and some team stuff, too, on segment two of our podcast. Segment two, are burning up the board segment, starting with a question from Uganda, and it's, what's Jalen Smith's academic status? Is he close to graduation? If not, how many courses does he need to graduate? And does he have plans to finish his degree? I don't know if we know specifically where he is in his degree, Pete, but... Yeah, I mean, he wasn't an early enrollee, so yeah. he's not close to graduating. Um, you know, So it's not a situation where you know Steve Elmer is graduating in May, but he was an early enrollee and was, you know, Certainly one of the highest academic achievers right. on the team, or like Corey Robinson. And he's spending quite a bit of time now rehabbing his, yeah. his knee. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Smith is, he's, like, Tim, you wrote uh, your Monday Musings the other week about looking for some athlete students. Yeah. And Jalen Smith is an athlete student. Right. Um, right. You know, fo- football's first, and then he, he is a student as well. So I wouldn't expect him to be ahead in his studies yeah. at this point. Um, I would ahead of most I, juniors because he had summer school. Summer school, right? I mean, that. I would I would think that he would target coming back to graduate at some point. Sure. Um, you know, Jimmy Clawson did that again. He was an early enrollee. Golden Tate has not. He was not. Um, so it will certainly be a lot of work for Jalen Smith to to get that knocked out. It would but, be interesting um, to ask him about that. Um, you know, because I'm sure the degree. Takes a much more added meaning now mm-hmm. in, in light of the significance well, of the injury. I think the question is relevant in that let's say he, he is told you should sit out 2016. Would he be inclined to come take some classes so he can really roll towards it? You know, you, you, you have to obviously you're rehabbing, and that's the most important thing. You have yeah. to be around your NFL team, but could you take some? You when, wouldn't normally take anything, obviously. In the summer, when yeah, you, in the yeah. summer, not the fall. Right, right, right. You can't but, do that in the fall. Yeah. Could you do it immediately in the spring? You know, I guess maybe you're probably back by then. Hopefully, if you're Jalen Smith. But yeah, maybe. I always think Jalen Smith. If if he certainly isn't going to go without his degree if he needs it, and I think at some point he'd be one of the guys that gets it. That's the way I would look at it. Irish fan three. What position group would you say needs to take the biggest step forward during spring ball, which starts March 16th, by the way? Yeah, to a little bit more than two weeks from now, looking forward to that. I, I think there are a lot of areas on this team that are very interesting this spring beyond the quarterback position, which, of course, will get the most attention. I, I, and I don't know which is the most or needs the most, but I I, I'm, I find it interesting the perception of the way uh, people across the board are looking at the wide receiver position because some people think, oh, they're fine with – all these young receivers, and maybe they will be, but I mean, as I've indicated, I think I did two weeks ago on our last podcast, I just, I mean, I have some skepticism with guys that haven't proven themselves at all, and I think the wide receiver position is one of the more fascinating ones because I think it's wide open and there's a lot of competition there. And I think you mentioned Elmer. You can add to it now without Elmer, offensive mm-hmm. line. No, no that's, doubt. You know, that's three starters gone. You're two, two of your three best and, and three total. There's a lot of young talent there, but other than Quentin Nelson, it's not certain. We like Alex Bars a lot. He looked good. He's got to come back from injury. He's not going to. He won't be. Yeah, he, he won't, won't be, be there in spring. In spring yeah. So there's a lot. I mean, new center just because everybody likes 
Tristan Hodge doesn't it, mean it's, Hodge doesn't mean that it's he's ready to roll. Yeah, like Martin, he's undersized. You know? I mean, it, it it's sounding more and more like McGlinchey is moving from right to left tackle, which makes sense. Um, you know, but where does Colin McGovern fit in? Um, yeah, that's an interesting. The you know, Hunter is Biven Hunter McGovern. Biven really? I mean, is he? Will he prove himself to be one of the five best he, uh, offensive linemen? I I I, don't, I mean, my instinct there is to say no, but you know, now it now there's a shot. Where he didn't have a shot before. Right. My instinct was that Bars would be a tackle. Right. And now he might have to be a guard. Unless McGovern can handle it, and then Bars could be a tackle again. It exactly. is Mag- it's McGovern versus Biven one on one playing different positions. Right. It's very cool. And I give I, I would give the <laughs> edge going into McGovern. Me too. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. I think safety is the most interesting thing for me. Um Max Redfield, can he put it all together? Um That's a topic we may revisit. Yeah, also. yeah. that's gonna come up a few times. <laughs> McKelty Williams, can he give you something in his second year? How do the early enrollees look? Can they help you in, you know, Spencer Perry and Devin Sudsell? Sebastian staying healthy. Drew Tranquil staying healthy. Um, There's a lot of individual storylines, and that position needs to get a lot, a lot, a lot better, uh, which Todd Light mentioned on National Signing Day. So it's no real surprise there. I I guess I point to wide receiver because, truly, all three wide-out positions have a new start. Yeah, Yeah. I I think people... See all the young talent and think it'll be great and it could be very good, yeah. but it, you have no idea. With this, this well, it'll be fun. Intriguing. I mean, certainly it's yeah, going to be fun talent. to watch Equinemi yeah. St. Brown and, and Miles Boykin. I mean, those are oh, two guys yeah. that. I mean, they could have great years, that, really good years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at them and say, wow, those are two guys that could be pretty special, but they haven't shown it. They yeah. haven't proven it yet. Last year's spring practice was, ah, guys, it fall yet. And yeah. this year's spring practice <laughs> yeah, is actually true. pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of positions. Yeah, because 2015 was the same team as yeah. 2014. Yeah. Irish Blast, do you think it's a good idea for Everett Golson to participate in Notre Dame's Pro Day? And that is March 31st. I bet you Will Fuller and Chris Brown think it's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Probably, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna help them. That that's look. They can't. I mean, that's not why the question's being asked. No, it's I mean, not. You know but that's what matters. I mean, that, that is what matters. Look, Everett Golson graduated, left Notre Dame, wasn't a good teammate. He's coming back. He's gonna be a really accurate guy when there's. He's gonna throw a beautiful pass. He's gonna look like Clawson out there. Remember Clawson's yeah. pro day? Two balls hit the ground because yeah. Robbie Paris couldn't run under one of them. Do you ha- I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no offense, but it was a great pass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of a question we got a few years ago when people were offended that Jake Golick returned to Notre Dame to work out pro day after he left for Cincinnati. I mean, it just, it's purely a Golson personality. Yeah. Did he leave the team? Did he quit on the team? Um, could he have helped the team last year? Ultimately, I think. No, uh, I think right. Notre Dame wouldn't have been any better if he was on the yeah. team. Well, the question is whether it's a good idea, and my answer is I don't think it's a bad idea because yeah, I don't yeah. see anything yeah, wrong with it. Serious. And I was as critical as of anyone yeah. at Golson leaving, but he, you're right. I mean, I, bottom line is he he graduated from Notre Dame, and he wasn't a great teammate. But look, or, this or is like one. this is a this is a completely <laughs> different thing. This has nothing to do with. The current team or the chemistry of next year's nope. team—it has nothing to do with that. And if ever Golson wants to come back, and Notre Dame is okay with that, I don't see I anything mean, wrong with that e- whatsoever. Eshaq Williams plans to work out at Notre Dame's pro day. He's been suspended for two years. Devaris Daniels and Kendall Moore came back to work out at pro day last year. They had been suspended. I mean, it's not—it's not like you have to be in the best. It's. This is a athlete athlete event. This <laughs> yeah, has nothing right. to do with that's academics right. anymore. And he's graduated. And so you it's talk not even, about yeah. pro day. Yeah. You talk about Nordame being a family, or that's what they talk about all the time, right? right? Yeah. Closest team we've ever had, yeah. family. Do you th- you th- do you throw Ever Goldson out of the family? I don't no. think that you do that. And I, and I think Brian Kelly, 
understands big picture and is smarter than that. And if ever Golson wants to come oh. back and Notre Dame's okay with that, come on back and, be, and have a ball and have a good so day. so petty if Notre Dame yeah, I think it does, too. Yuck. Great uh, follow-up to this, though. When's the last time we spoke to Golson? Was it in Nashville's airport? Uh, that was the last time I spoke to Me Golson. Too. I think yeah. his uh, media availability was one time at Florida State, and then he was on ESPN last week. Talking about not getting to the combine in a pretty Which awkward interview. Which is weird to me, actually. So I'll be yeah. curious to see if he is allowed to or chooses to talk to the media at all at Pro Day. Because oh, at no that way. point, the way Notre Dame no sets way. it up, their stance is like, we're not going to force these guys yeah, to talk right. to you. They're not Notre Dame student athletes anymore. No way. Well, if he didn't, if he didn't do interviews when he was a part of Notre Dame, he's no not going chance to. No I don't see what there I'll be would be. to Golson. Okay, because yeah. he's going to go out the back door the yep. second it's over. How would he be- <laughs> How would he benefit from it? And of course, everything Ever Golson does is how yeah. will he benefit yeah. from it, and, and he wouldn't benefit from that. All right, next question: Nineteen eighty-eight champs can not will, but can Niles Morgan be a difference maker in the middle? In other words, can he be better than Joe Schmidt was at his best in twenty fourteen and do it on a consistent basis? Can he be? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Will he be? I don't know that anybody knows the answer to that because he can't. He couldn't even get on the field in goal line situations, which told you <laughs> yeah. that, which told you that he couldn't even hit sh- short run fits. Right. You know, for, short trips to to run fits. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they're different players too. Like I, I understand the comparison because Joe Schmidt gave Notre Dame really good football in 2014 <laughs> when he was playing his best. Mm-hmm, very uh, good. Yeah, but so I think that's what they're looking for. Like, can the middle linebacker be as good? Joe Schmidt wasn't as good in 2015 as he was in 2014. Well, can Niles Morgan be as good as Schmidt the was? Ups, clearly, the upside yeah. is much oh, greater yeah. with Niles yeah. Morgan, but right. can he reach that point? That's why that's why 88 Champs is asking a question. Yeah, and it's is Niles Morgan going to be as... I would say no. I mean, I, I don't see... They're just different players. He'll probably give up... You'll, I mean, he'll give up more consistently. I don't know how to phrase it, because Notre Dame certainly gave up plenty of big plays, but oh. he'll make more plays, I think, than Schmidt... We may feel yeah. a lot different about it in 2017 than 2016. That's, yeah, well, that's why it's a good just, question we just now. Say it's he has to be able to do that. He has to be able to do that in 2017. Otherwise, it's just, I mean. Yeah, no, it's, that doesn't make any sense. It's a loss. It's, it's a bad thing. The world will no longer make career. sense. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coordinator of the All right, last question. Notre Dame West, with Will Fuller, Tyler Eifert, and the Martin Brothers, great examples of player development. Which three-star or low four-star has the best chance to develop into a first-round NFL talent? For all mentioned, how many were thinking first-round NFL talent when they signed? Will Fuller's not a three-star anything at all, in any way, shape, or form. So well, I, except I, on ESPN. Was he really? He was the lowest-rated player in that class. <laughs> and, and in the Brian... In the Brian <laughs> hold on. Wait, wait. In the Brian Kelly era, I believe the Irish had only signed four players rated lower than Fuller. Two of them were long snappers. One of them was Luke Massa. God, I mean, I know he was skinny, but man, he showed yeah. ball skills so coming out of high school. Yeah, he, I didn't know he was going to be a superstar <laughs> or that he was the fastest man in cleats. But he, as he showed really good ball skills. In fact, I mean, I think I liked his hands quite a bit coming. He, he used to high point the ball. I mean, I liked Will Fuller All coming right, out. We're not, not, we're not here to rip ESPN and Matt Miller. The yep. question is... <laughs> the question... And you love Zach Martin coming out, yeah. so this is all right. It's just Tyler Eifert. I did. I love. I loved Will <laughs> yeah. Fuller coming yeah. out. I, I did. And first of all, I, I, I mean, still hesitant to say Will Fuller is going to be a first round. Just because you ran a four three two or four three three, doesn't mean he's now going to be a first round draft. But choice. he's developed. But, <laughs> no, he's developed. There's no doubt. <laughs> and, developed. and I and he's got a chance to to do some things in the NFL, no doubt about it. But anyway, the question still stands. Who do you got, Pete? Player on the roster who. 
I mean, yeah, I'm not sure that a three-star that's going to the, project as a first-rounder comes to mind. The four-star, if you think of that way. It's like the problem with, and I use problem in air quotes here, with this and Notre Dame now is like they have too many four-star players Yeah, that are yeah. better than the three-star yeah, players. The three, so the three-star players are not playing. Um, you know, it's like you go, th- you go through the lineup, there isn't anybody. That, I mean, I, I, name, I, name a guy at any position who's not a, really a four-star <sighs> player. That right. also looks like a future NFL player, like a, a first round. Yeah, no, I, I hear where you're coming. Devin yeah. Studstill is a guy that comes to mind because I think that he has, and I and I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not have, projecting that one practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not, I am in no way projecting right, first saying. round but draft. There's choice, a dearth of options for to, for answers to this question. Is is really what's my a point. low four? I mean, what's a low? So you can't be scout 300 to be a low four star. That's a high four star, basically. Wow. I mean, I don't. I mean, you really have to go with freshmen. Like Khalid Kareem was in the the, the two fifty to three hundred yeah. range. Yeah. Devin Studsell. We can't was a do the freshman. I know. Prospect. I know. Studsell's a good call. But we can't do freshman now. So what player that's played or that we have seen? You know, practice? Dur- Durham Smythe was not a real highly recruited guy, even though he was Stanford, Michigan, Texas. Um, that's a that's a yeah. good name because I do expect him to to really come on now, and he certainly has the dimensions. But I mean, Kaiser's not Saint Brown, player. not Boykin, not Hunter. Yeah. None of the uh, running back. Yeah, defensively, not you Morgan, mean, as far not Iowa. I mean, Josh Adams yeah. wasn't an extremely highly thought of four star by us when we were when last. Yeah, that's a, you know we were we were looking at Josh Adams and Dexter Williams. Who and wondering, him as well, a three because he was coming off a knee injury, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he probably was, was. But I mean, right? he's not a first round. No, I guess not. Yeah. But I'm saying Josh Adams would really. Oh, I don't know. Man, into three years down the road, he's got the length. He gets his pad level down. He's got go the breakaway Josh speed. Josh, <laughs> I got Josh Adams. It's right. hard to be a first round draft choice as any running back now, yeah. I mean, no matter how yeah. great you are. But yeah, I just I don't have an answer for this one. Yeah, it's a good question because Nick Coleman's a high three star, low four star. He could. He's not an NFL. I'm not looking at NFL. I'm looking at a very good college yeah. player that's a high three star type guy. Or that's interesting. It's, it's an interesting question. They have a lot of four star. You're right. It's just that that's a, I mean, that's, a, that's a roster full I of mean, four star players. When I think we've had this conversation in the past about like. Uh, Brian Kelly and developing three-star talent, and I think they've been okay with it. But the issue is, like, the guys that he's Brian Kelly's also developing four-star talent, yeah, and, and a few five-star guys, yeah. and like those guys are just better. Um, mm-hmm. So you're you're not seeing a lot of three-star guys yeah, that, bubble up. Your original point, I think, is there aren't a lot of three stars anymore. I mean, that's a lot the, of those three stars. And that, this isn't a Brian Kelly thing. A lot of three stars don't beat up. They just don't make. They it don't beat day. out, and then they leave. Right. Yeah, they just don't make it in the room. That's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that because they're losing to four-star players. Good question. Line, exactly. line that's a really good question, actually. From. All right, we're that's wrapping. A, yeah, yeah, that's a wrap for our latest edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. We're going to be back Monday on March 14th, which is going to be a loaded week. We'll have two podcasts that week. Um, the NCAA tournament field comes out the day before. So we'll see where Notre Dame's going, who they're matching up with, and then spring practice will start two days later, and then we'll have a podcast probably the day, Thursday or Friday after, the first spring ball to sort of recap everything that's happening. Maybe, depending on the schedule, talk about Nareem's first round game in the NCAA tournament. So March will be a really busy month. Um, so we're looking forward to jumping into that. And uh, so we'll be back March 14th. Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, I'm Pete Sampson. You've been listening to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider.